You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Views podcast, your place for thoughtful discussion about the New York Giants. Please remember to subscribe, whether you're watching us on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're going to uh, talk about Saquon Barkley, his contract situation, and uh, what he might end up with, what the ultimate value for Saquon might end up with being, and what some of the issues are in in terms of of signing him to a long-term contract. And here to help me uh, figure all of that out is... Ted Wynn of The Athletic. Ted, thank you very, very much for uh, for a few minutes. No problem. Thanks for having me on. So one of the reasons that that I wanted to have you on, you did a piece in The Athletic the other day that, that I found really, really interesting, and it really dives into running back value and specifically the value of Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, you know, some of these guys that are trying to get paid right now. Uh just as an overview, let, let's start there. Uh, just tell folks, uh, if they haven't had a chance to read it, tell folks a little bit about, about what you found as you did that piece. Yeah, just looking at running back value throughout the league um, and talking to you know some really smart people as far as understanding the cap and the market. Uh, it, it just seems very unlikely that Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs or any back is going to get a market resetting deal or even a deal that is same value as uh, Zeke Elliott or um, Christian McCaffrey. Those guys got 16 mil per, you know, APY average per year. Uh, it, it, you know, just talking to people, it doesn't seem like that kind of deal is going to come around again for, for a long time. Um, so, you know, Saquon has come out and he said, he's not looking for a market resetting deal. You know, I'm not sure. Um, what he's looking for. Uh, I, I think Josh Jacobs might be um, maybe a little more aggressive in, in what he's looking for, just based on uh, his quotes about, you know, doing it for the future and doing it for a running back that is going to come after him. Um, but, you know, it's just tough for running backs right now because, you know, whereas other positions will peak and enter their primes in their second contract, a lot of running backs are, entering their prime, their prime years during their rookie years. And um, they fall off a cliff pretty quickly. And I, I think that is one of the, the really interesting things. I think you mentioned in your piece, what was it that I think you, was it uh, 17 running backs that had gone into, you know, second contracts and gotten fairly large second contracts. And I think that by statistical measure, I think only four of them really actually panned out to be worth that second contract i think that's the number that i that i read is that correct yeah so arif uh arif hansen one of my uh ex-colleagues and still good friend he looked at 
Uh, every running back contract signed since 2016 with an average annual value that's consumed at least 4% of the cap, so that's significant. And compared the, their production two years before signing and three years after signing, and only four out of 17 of those guys made good on those contracts. And that's not including uh, Dalvin Cook, who was just recently uh, cut after you know two years into his five-year contract. And he's already showing signs of slowing down. Um, you know, he, he rushed for a thousand yards last year, but if you look at some of the more advanced metrics, like uh, his play speed, my, you know, which is measured by microchip data, um, his, his run stuff percentage, like th- those things are, you know, near the bottom of the league. So you know, he's already showing signs of decline at 27 years old, and that's just, um, you know, one of the reasons why it, it's tough to to give these running back big deals because they rarely are able to um, make good of them because it's so hard to stay healthy at the running back position. And also you have market saturation. You have a lot of good running backs, a lot of, um, you know, even if you don't have an elite running back, a good running back might be able to produce at very high levels in the right situations. And that just doesn't happen very often in other position groups. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious for your take on what you think Saquon Barkley is. I was looking at some of the, you know, some of the advanced metrics, some of which are in your piece. Um, 19th out of 69 running backs in explosiveness, 16th out of tw- out of 64 in play speed, which are good numbers, but maybe not elite numbers. You mentioned the fact that he doesn't break a lot of tackles. He doesn't necessarily gain a ton of you know, yards above what might be expected if you look at uh, at football outsiders. And another number that you have in here is 54th out of 70 in in rushing elusiveness. And and I look at it and I think you can you can use numbers, you can use his yardage and his number of carries. You can use numbers to say he's a great back. You can also use these numbers to say that in a lot of ways he's a replacement level running back. So I'm just curious, you know, where you stand on what Saquon Barkley is. Yeah, when I look at these numbers, I don't just say, you know, I don't just take these numbers and make a black and white judgment on these running backs. I see them kind of in tiers. So, you know, if you're in a very good tier in rushing elusiveness, then I consider you good, you know, but I wouldn't be looking at the rankings too much like, oh, he's 10th and this guy's 11th. Just because you know, it's um, it, I wouldn't go that exact, but I would say Barkley's a very explosive back. Uh, he's a very fast back, uh, but he's poor at breaking tackles, and that shows up in the film too. When I watched him, especially at the end of the year, he was you know a lot of the first tacklers was uh, was able to get him down. But if he has space, he's fast enough to outrun angles, and he's fast enough to um, hit the big plays, and he's also a receiving threat. So I, I would say I, I would still consider Saquon an elite back, um, but you know I would be afraid that um, he had a, you know a major knee injury. Uh, he's had you know some nagging injuries. Um, I would just be afraid of where his cliff might be. You know, especially if you're going to give him a, a four year, three four year contract. Yeah, it's it's one of those deals where I think you you hit on it earlier, and. and the fact that that running backs tend to be most productive over the course of their first contract. So, and, and you 
in the NFL, it's hard to pay guys for what they did for you before because it's a cap league. So, so I don't know. I mean, do you find this to be a difficult spot for the Giants to be in? Yeah, I find it extremely difficult because you know it's um, say you know I'll, say Saquon's a respected leader on the team. I think he made a big impact on um, the Giants' offense last year, especially when the early portion of the season when it was his rushing that was really getting the offense going. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's a hard worker and there's a human side to this too. You know, like you can't just treat one of your leaders like giving him, you know, franchise tag him year after year and just expecting him to just be a good soldier and, and, and just, you know, do that for your team and sacrifice his body. So there's a human element to it. You know, you want to give him a long-term contract and, you know, make him happy and give him some security, but at the same time, like you can't hurt your cap space and put yourself in a bad position um, later on. So it, it's a very difficult balance to, uh, which is why we're here right now. You know, like right. um, if a player was, you know, considered elite in any other position, you know, I, I don't think they he, they'd be in Barkley's position right now, just you know, trying to play on this uh, this franchise tag. Yeah, I think the Giants, Joe Shane made it obvious from uh, from the very beginning of the offseason. He made it obvious that he was going to prioritize the quarterback over the running back. And some some Giants fans still get upset because they say Barkley's a better player than Daniel Jones. And yet I've said, look, quarterback is more important than running back. If you think you have one or you think the guy you have might turn into one, you have to take care of that guy first and you take care of other things later. I'm just curious if you believe that from a philosophical standpoint that that, that idea of let's take care of the quarterback first and, and, and then deal with Saquon, deal with Dexter Lawrence, deal with the other guys later was the right move for the Giants to make. Yeah, I think so. I, I think just based on history and we talked about you know, the, the recent history of even long-term contracts with running backs, it makes sense to prioritize a quarterback first, obviously it's the most important position in the NFL. And, um, you know, Daniel Jones showed some real signs of improvement last year. And there's a debate to whether, you know, you should pay uh, quarterbacks that are kind of, you know, I, I you know, I, I wouldn't say Daniel Jones is elite, you know, and I think he had good moments last year. Uh, but, you know, there's some analytics guys and some guys that might consider, you know, not being in quarterback purgatory. I mean, I, I think there's a chance Daniel Jones might take another step up this year. But if he's playing on the same level or around the same level as um, last season, then you're still kind of in quarterback purgatory. And, you know, you, you gave this guy a, a long contra- a long-term contract. And I'm not sure um, the details of the contract, if there's outs later, in case he does regress. Um, but, you know, uh, prioritizing, pr- the idea of prioritizing the quarterback um, is obviously the, a, a sound idea. Uh, but whether or not Daniel Jones is that quarterback will remain to be seen. But, uh, you know, I am encouraged by what, what, I, what we've seen from him last year. Yeah, I think the Giants, the way that contract is structured, it's really – you know, four years, 160 million on paper, 
but it's really two years and 81, 82, whatever that guaranteed money is. I don't think there's any fully guaranteed money after the second year. So to me, it's a, it's a two year, let's see how much more there is a two year window for the giants to see how much more there is with Jones. And if there isn't more, then you move on. Yeah, so I think those are two sound ideas, the idea of prioritizing the quarterback and also giving you outs uh, as far as a quarterback that, you know, is not 100% sold to you on being that guy just yet. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, Ted, let's talk a little bit about about value. We don't know. Reportedly, Saquon's turned down contracts of 12 and a half, maybe 13 million, you know, average annual value. Says he's not looking to, to reset the market. But there's not a lot of room between 13 and, you know, Christian McCaffrey at 16, I think, is the top of the market. So do you get do you get the sense first of all that really what this comes down to for Saquon is how much money the Giants might or might not be willing to guarantee him over the course of, you know, whatever if, if it's a 3-year, 4-year deal, whatever it turns out to be. Do you get that sense? I know that I do. I think so. I I think it's, you know, when you look at contracts and you look at the, the average per year, um, none of it really matters if it's a bunch of funny money at the end of the deal that they could just cut you and not pay you. So I, I'm pretty sure it has to do with guarantees and um, how much the Giants are willing to give throughout the length of the contract. And, you know, the uh, the franchise tag, if the Giants were to play hardball with him and push him and he ended up playing on the tag for two years. I think he would be guaranteed a little bit more than $22 million over those two years. When I talked to Joel Corey, cap expert over at CBS, I mean, he basically said that really what you have to start with is you have to start from the $22 million in guarantees and go from there because he's not going to agree to, to agree to anything less than the $22 million. And what I have thrown out there, and I just kind of want your thoughts on, 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 you know, what you think is a fair deal, you know, based on, on what you've heard and what you've, the people you've talked to, I've thrown out the idea of three years, 39 million with the first two fully guaranteed, which would give him 26 guaranteed Mm -hmm. that I, I think that's a sweet spot or at least a spot where they could, 
where they could start talking in that range? I mean, what do you think is a is a fair deal or a sweet spot for a for a deal for Saquon? Yeah, to me, that's exactly it. Um, you know, thirteen average per year, two years guaranteed, and like you said, that guarantees him more than he would get on playing on two franchise tags, and uh, that falls in line with um, basically the people I talk to. I think you know, thirteen yeah. average per year is, is where the top of the, the market running backs are going to to make for for a little while. I think. And I look at it. The other thing I look at is I think Christian McCaffrey who's at the top of the market. I think McCaffrey's got just barely more than $30 million in guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. And and I so I think you know maybe there's a little bit more wiggle room to get Saquon a little bit closer to 30, but but that's a hard argument to make because you know, in as good as Saquon's been, I think McCaffrey's been better. Yeah. So uh, there's no doubt. Yeah. So I think, and, and I would be nervous if I'm the Giants because of a lot of the reasons that you laid out, you know, in your piece. I would be nervous about going beyond three years and and going beyond two fully guaranteed years. I don't know about. I don't know how you you would feel about that. Yeah. To me, I, I feel the same way. I think two years guaranteed. Uh, from a team perspective, is good. You know, I think, um, yeah, but like I said, I with Barkley, I'm just afraid of where the cliff is because I think, to, to me, he's a, a back that relies on his athleticism a little bit more than a guy like Josh Jacobs. You know, so that, that cliff could come quickly, but I, I would think, you know, he, he's earned a two-year, uh, a two-year guarantee. Yeah, I think... I would agree with that. I just wonder, Saquon keeps talking about wanting respect. And I mm-hmm. just, I wish I knew, I wish I knew what his definition of respect is because I, from from my perspective, from my viewpoint, I think that, that you know, two years fully guaranteed, 26 million is a nice bump above the, uh, above the 22. And I think that's the second most guaranteed money into a running back you know, probably of all time. I think I'm not sure that that Ezekiel Elliott had more guaranteed money than that in his deal. Yeah, I don't I, have it, I don't, yeah, I don't have it I don't have it in front of me, but I think at least right now it would be second in both average annual value and in guarantees to to McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean that that'd be a pretty sweet deal. Um, you know, but I think it's hard for running backs in general to look at every other position and see deals that just keep topping each other as far as APY and then, you know, having to come back and, and learn that, oh, you know, we have to take these lesser deals. We can't even match these um, top of the market deals uh, because of, you know, what teams have learned about the position and the longevity of the position overall. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to me. Tiki Barber on his radio show the other day, said something that considering that Tiki's a running back, considering that I know how he feels about Saquon, he said, I can't sit here and tell you that the Giants would be worse without Saquon Barkley. And I'm not sure I agree with that, but it but it speaks volumes just about, about how people who really know the game feel about the position. Yeah, I... 
I mean, I, I wouldn't agree with that because I, I do think he does um, make the Giants a better team because of his explosiveness. And again, I think he has a, a really good receiving ability, which you want to look for with elite backs. Um, and, you know, I, I think, yeah, it, it, it's tough to gauge exactly where the value of an elite running back is. Um, I will say that there there have been um, some analytics guys that have backed down on their stance that elite running backs are interchangeable. Do you think, you know, there's some guys, there's a couple people that I've talked to that believe that elite running backs do matter and they do make a difference in, in the running game, but how much of that impact, you know, how much is how that much difference? How, far, yeah, yeah. how much difference is it is the, is the question. Because yeah. I, I think it's been proven over time that you can run successfully without a superstar running back. It's just how much, how much on top of, how much on top of that, you know, does the does the superstar running back give you? I don't mm-hmm. think. Let me let me let me throw this out. Obviously, we said the Giants prioritized Daniel Jones correctly, but they've given Jones that two year window. I don't think they want to go into that two-year window without Saquon Barkley. I think they want to give Jones every chance, and I don't think they're giving him a full chance. Tiki's stance aside, I don't think anyone would feel like they gave him the full opportunity if they didn't have Saquon in the backfield with him. No, I agree. And, you know, I think Saquon's receiving ability and his his, um, his ability as an overall weapon and not just a, a runner – um, c- comes into that equation, especially you know when you have Mike Kafka's offense um, that has so many creative ways of getting him the ball and creating mismatches for him. All right, so last thing for you, we've got less than a month. Your your gut instinct on whether it gets done or not? I think it does. I mean, I, I think there's a human side to this, and I think there is a sweet spot, and it just sounds like Saquon is reasonable in his demands, I, you know, obviously he's going to be a push and pull right now. Uh, but just the fact that he came out and said, he's not looking for a market resetting deal. I, I think is pretty big. So I, I think Barkley probably even has a better chance of getting a deal done than uh, Josh Jacobs. And honestly, I can't, I can't blame Saquon for taking this to the deadline, taking it, mm-hmm. you know, taking it as far as he can take it before he before he signs that the franchise tag because in no way shape or form do I think he's going to sit out the season and you know sit out a bunch of games he's going to play he's not yeah. going to walk away from 10 million dollars I just don't see it but uh but I don't I can't blame him at all for for taking this right to the deadline and and seeing if he can squeeze a little bit more out of uh, out of the Giants can you no, not at all. I think all elite running backs are going to have to go through similar processes when they get to their second second contract. The teams aren't just going to go out and roll, um, you know, roll out a, a fancy deal that meets all the requirements that they want. It's going to be a struggle for these running backs, and you know, it sticks because they take so much of a punishment. Their career is so short, but at the same time, that's just how the structure of the NFL works, and that's just how the market works right now. Absolutely. So, Ted, thank you very, very much for spending some time. Just why don't you let folks know, uh, you know, where they can find you on social media and you know, what work you what work you might have coming up at the Athletic that uh, that they should watch for. 
I'm on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. You can find me on TikTok on the with the same um, same name. And um, I'm on you know my article's on Athletic. The article we talked about is on Athletic. I just wrote about Justin Fields and uh, what he needs to do to improve as a passer. And I have an article coming out about um, a pretty big article about analytics coming out in the next month or so. No, we'll be uh, looking forward to that. And uh, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.